Um, it's 27 minutes before 7 right now. We'll be back with us at the top of the hour. Time for economics news now on the currencies market. The rand trading at 10 rand 63 to the US dollar, 17 rand 86 to the pound sterling, 14 rand 21 to the euro, and 9 rand 86 to the Australian dollar. The euro is at $1.33 and the dollar at 102.29 Japanese yen. The Chinese yuan is trading at 1 rand 72 and in India 1 rand is worth 5 rupees 75. Later today sees the release of retail sales for the month of June. In other news, Japan's gross domestic product contracted uh, 6.8% in the second quarter on an annualized basis compared with first quarter growth of 6.1%. First quarter growth was the result of consumer spending strongly to avoid the sales tax increase from 5 to 8% in April. Now the second quarter contraction is the biggest decline since the first quarter of 2011 when the devastating earthquake and tsunami struck in March. On to bourses now. The JSE closed mainly in negative territory yesterday with the all-share index um, 0.2% down at 51,443. Financials rose 0.4% to 37,802 and industrials 25 ended flat at 59,235. The top 10 resources index lost 0.7% to 59,261 and the gold board shed 0.6% to 1,549. The platinum mining index declined by 1% to 46.97 and on the capital market the yield on the R186 government bond closed at 8.33%. London's FTSE 100 was flat at 6,632. In Frankfurt the DAX fell by 1.2% to 9,069 and the CAC 40 in Paris was 0.8% weaker at 4,162. In the United States the Dow Jones closed 0.1% down at 16,561. The Nasdaq shed 0.3% to 4,389. And Standard & Poor's 500 index weakened by 0.2% to 1,934. Asian markets trading mostly lower at this hour. Japan's Nikkei has gained 0.3% to 15,201, mainly due to speculation that weak GDP data may result in additional monetary stimulus measures by the central bank. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong is 0.2% down at 24,643 and the Australian ASX All Ordinary Share Index is lower, 0.3% lower at 5,507. In India, on the Bombay Stock Exchange, the Sensex is flat uh, in early trade at 25,877. Looking at commodities now, gold trading at $1,309 and platinum at $1,464 an ounce. And finally, the price of Brent crude oil at this hour $102.77 a barrel. For more, we're joined now on the line by Chris Gilmore, analyst at APSA Wealth and Investment Management. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Sakina. Now, Australian retailer Cotton On has opened 100 stores in South Africa, and its Santon store is among of its four in the of, of among. Amongst its four best in the world is what I'm trying to say. Now, where is the demand coming from? Uh, it's a very, very good question. And, you know, given the fact that this economy is hardly moving and we've had, we've had very little growth for the past couple of years, it's telling you that it's probably coming from the existing established retailers, um, you know, the people who have predominantly been selling on credit over many, many years, if not decades. 
Now, um, I think in, in the situation we currently find ourselves, credit is increasingly difficult to come by, and I think those guys are perhaps taking a bit of pain. And you see it in some of the, the trading updates that are, that are coming out from the likes of, a, of Trueworth and Fashini, for example. Not, not so much Fashini, but I think more, more so in, in Trueworth. Um, cotton on is much more a cash-based operation. And I saw this article in the, in the, the, the business day this morning, excellent article by Zinat Murad, and uh, she's really done a great job on this, you know, uh, talking about um, how, how, how quickly this company has grown. It's only been here for, what, about two, three years now. And it's, it's in good company. It's in the likes of Zara, for example, came here two or three years ago as well, and, and one or two excuse me, one or two others. Now, I think um, the likes of Edgar's is fighting back because what they're doing is they're bringing in a lot of um, overseas labels as well. And it's obvious that the local market here is demanding and now getting uh, a much greater exposure to, to foreign um, foreign brands. And it won't be long before we see the famous um, Swedish uh, retailer, H&M, Hennessen Murat, coming in, mm-hmm. I think, late, later this year. So, you know, there's two aspects to it. Yes, they're taking away from the locals, as I said before, but I think the really big prize for all of these foreign retailers is uh, they see South Africa as a springboard, a stepping stone into the rest of the continent, you know, where we're talking about we're talking about a huge population growth and we're also talking about big populations as well. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's obviously seen as being a great place for foreign retailers to come and reside at this point in time, including clothing retailers particularly. Mm, interesting one, that. Now, China's broadest measure of growth plunged to its lowest level since 2008, and uh, this, of course, adding risk to an already slowing global economy, Chris. Yeah, now this took the market really by surprise. You know. um, aggregate financing was, what, about 273 billion yuan, uh, con- converted that into dollars, about 44.3 billion US dollars. That was in July. And that was against estimates of 1.5 trillion. So you can see it's way, way below what most people were looking for. Um, and I, I think it reflects two things. One, uh, tightening regulations by the authorities who are concerned about inflation. Well, I, I think that, that concern is now receding. Uh, and it's also, I think, reflecting subdued demand. We're seeing that the property prices are coming off quite significantly in many parts of China. And um, I suppose it's a double-edged sword here. From the Chinese authorities' perspective, it's actually quite good, and that's what they wanted to try and achieve, because I think they were genuinely quite concerned that prices could start to uh, running away, that you could get some sort of um, bubble materializing, notably in property. But at the same time, it could well make the, um, the, the target of getting 7.5% growth uh, this year, uh, less attainable than it was even a few months ago. Now, that's bad enough for China, but against the background of a global economy that's really struggling to gain traction, and we talked a few weeks ago about what Christine Lagarde from the IMF mm-hmm. said about um, the, the global growth situation, and this is very much the, the, the locomotive for growth, the engine for growth. So if that's, uh, if that's coming off, then it's, uh, it's posing risks again for the, um, the, sustain- the sustainability of the, uh, the current global growth scenario. And just uh, finally, very quickly, uh, the April um, uh, VAT increase in Japan, starting to see the effects of that now. Yeah, that was fascinating. Uh, GDP looks like it contracted by 6.8% in Q2 in the second quarter. Um, and it's shrunk the most since they had the earthquake back in 2011. Um, look, I think we had a lot of preemptive buying in March, uh, in the end of quarter one, ahead of the VAT increase that came through. Uh, and everyone knew that things were going to be bad in the second quarter. In fact, I think the consensus was for 7%. So uh, although 6.8% is very bad, it's slightly, slightly better than consensus. And I think the view is that third quarter, should be, should, we should see a rebound from there. 
Um, worryingly, of course, uh, we're looking at uh, the, the Shinzo Abe and his government looking to increase VAT again in October uh, next year. So I think they're going to learn some lessons from this one. Uh, it's a very difficult balancing act, as we know, that they've got in, in Japan, trying to get some sort of growth uh, from an economy that's been moribund for so, so long. Mm, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much, uh, Chris Gilmore, analyst at APSA Wealth and Investment Management. And, of course, another economics update coming your way in about an hour's time. Right now, it's 19 minutes before 7, and time to find out what the latest situation is on the roads with Rob Byrne.